to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Morena. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Hey, we're in a middle week of a three-week uh, series called Renew Together. Um, I'm the ham in the Mark and Murray sandwich um, in the middle here. And uh, it's our annual chance and challenge to celebrate our Baptist missions and all missionaries and do something about it. Other years we've pulled uh, resources together or gone without something to put money towards uh, this, this work and given something over with money or prayer. It used to be called prayer and self-denial, which was, was a chance to deny ourselves something and pray for those who are doing it on the front line. This is a great reminder to think globally and beyond our lives and walls. And we're looking at a whole heap of flags here. I quite like that the Swiss flag is actually covering the clock. So I don't know if you like the irony of that one, but... Um, Andy's Swiss and he's run the whole service behind. But anyway, um, that's fine. Oh, okay. Shots fired. So it's, it's great to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, something global. And I think it's important in life that we have these calendar moments that we celebrate. You know, be it Easter or Christmas or Pentecost or Lent, or in this case, every July, it's a time that we look at missions and we focus on missions and giving to missions. On your bracelet, who wore it during the week or too much of a work hazard? No, okay. On your, on your bracelet there, you'll see uh, the word arotahi. And, uh, and arotahi means to focus, focus on something that matters or focus on missions. It's good to be reminded and inspired by what's going on on the other side of the divide. Aren't these videos powerful and showing faces? But over and above that, My heart today is that we'd walk away with this awareness, being super aware that mission is every day and that we are all created and called to mission in some form. When I was 18, through a bit of a connection at the tail end of school, we organised a mission trip to Bar in Fiji and we went with my brother and my brother from another mother, Daniel Arthur, uh, to uh, this, this little, um, it was kind of like a boy's home. So what was quite awkward was when we got there, they sort of said, hey, we didn't quite realise that there's this camp on this weekend and it's going to run into next week and most of the boys are gone. Um, <laughs> well, oh. So we got there and all the boys that were left were the ones that wouldn't have coped with the camp. Okay, so these were boys who were orphans, uh, there was one boy who had been raised in a, in a chicken coop out the back and had massive stuff going on. 
Anyway, we worked in this place. We, had, um, we, did, we did painting, like painting a roof in 28 degrees in December in Fiji. We did building work. We did cleaning. We unblocked drains. We did spoutings. We did sports days. I think we did three sports days for the community with 60 or 70 young kids coming along. It was an awesome time. We went out and did a carol run with all these people who could really sing, and then there was us. So we, we had this awesome time, and it was this time of fulfillment and a, and a real time of, of, of growth. So mission can be there, but it can also be here. On Tuesday, I found myself uh, standing on the side of the tractor talking to someone who'd lost a loved one, talking about heaven and seeing people again after this life and how it all came down to faith in Jesus. This morning during milking, I was talking with the guy and our team and um, mentioned I needed to get away to church and he asked what I was talking about. We got talking about that and uh, he shared a bit of his story and his beliefs and what he'd come to in terms of faith many years ago that's now maybe not so much there anymore. So, so missions can be there, but it can be here. And in every setting, in every square meter we stand on, we have an opportunity to have a missional mindset. A lot of us have heard that Matthew 28 commission, but you're sitting there and you have a disconnect like me, thinking, oh, I'm not up to that. I'm not up to helping people or shaping things or discipling the world or doing something like that. We think that we're not up to it like the heroes. We're not up to doing what the heroes that Mark mentioned last week. You're sitting there going, man, that's like insane. But hear this. We are created in the image of God. And whether you've heard that a hundred times or don't quite know what that term means, here's the truth. We are created in His likeness. We are created to embody and outwork his ways, his nature, his values, his heart, and his story. We're actually created for it. I'm going to single you out. Hemi down the back works for us. And say, say Hemi goes out uh, in the ute with the, with the logo on the side, and he hops off with a digger with the logo of the business on the side, and he's wearing the jacket with the logo. He bears the image of our business while he's out and about, Okay. He bears the image of our business. He's about our business. So when we talk about being created in the image of God, we're not talking about physical resemblance, but the fact that we carry something within us that is about the business of God. We bear the truth of God in our disposition, in our discourse, and with our diligence. Psalm 139 13 famously says, for I, formed you, for I formed you, your inward parts. Sorry, sorry, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. You know, the video we just saw uh, spoke of mission being in our DNA. And that's a very true statement because God's purposes and plans are actually built into us. We're not fearfully and wonderfully made for individual lives of pleasure. We are made for communal lives of purpose. There's something within us that yearns for a life of significance. The three biggest days of your life are the day you're born, the day you're born again in Christ, 
and the day you realize why you were born. Okay? We yearn for more. We yearn for a life of meaning because that's what is inbuilt into us. You know, this explains why so many pursuits and protests and, and there's people throwing themselves into the latest cause, be it good or bad. There's movements for everything, right? <laughs> because we have this need to have a meaning and a significance. To make a difference, that's actually an underpinning core desire of humanity. So not only do we bear God's image, not only do we get to be a part of God's movement, but we are created for a divine purpose. But to start with, we need the foundation stone. The truth is that creation is the foundation stone. If we don't grasp creation, we don't have the right perspective on what our life is for and what the values of our lives should be. We don't necessarily step into the Great Commission if we don't have that foundation stone. So I just want to grab you for a one-minute like sidestep, a side thought on creation to build a foundation, to build, to build, a, build a, uh, an understanding. Hey, if you ever question creation, what it's all about, can I, can I believe that God is the creator of all, how do we all get here? If you ever have that, or can I build my life upon this belief and basis that we're all created, can I humbly suggest to you that the alternative does not stack up? Genetic mutations over time only ever produce life forms, lower life forms, not wholesale genetic development from one species to another. Just by tacking a time frame of billions of years to evolution, doesn't mean things can create themselves. The nervous system is nothing without a brain. A brain is nothing without blood flow. Muscles rely on the nervous system to work. In fact, every part of our bodies is interconnected. You can't have muscles waiting one billion years for a nervous system to de develop from genetic mutations. My grandmother's um, muscles deteriorated within one month after a lack of mobility. You can't have muscles waiting for a brain signal. <laughs> you can't have a brain waiting for a blood flow. Time and genetic mutations do not produce the complexities and precision of eyesight or hearing or a digestive system. Imagine waiting a billion years for your digestive system to work. <laughs> Sounds like a heck of a lot of Gaviscon. And last question for the evolutionists, how could you land or evolve with two completely different reproductive systems of male and female in one species that simultaneously perfectly complement each other, create and reproduce life when you're waiting on a molecular mutation over millions of years? That is a long time waiting for the guy to wait for his missus to mutate just right to reproduce. Hey, that's a long time. Look, the alternative to divine creation of the universe has no rationale and no life force or energy to put it into motion. Life is a God miracle, and it's a created masterpiece. So God has created each of us unique, and we are His. You know, talking about missions being in our DNA, the video talked about missions being in our DNA, just a crazy fact about DNA, you've seen those little pictures of the windy ladder of DNA, you've seen that. So each of those, if you stretch it out, is six foot long. 
The genetic strand encoding of your uniqueness is in every cell of your body. If you were to put all of those strands together, it would be, from your body, it would be over 100 billion miles long and reach to the end of our solar system and back 14 times. That is the amount of code. If you're a geek and you're into code, give me a hands up in the back. Yeah, you're into code. You're not a geek, bro, you're the man. Um, but if you're into code, that's a lot of code, okay? Every single one of us in this room shares similar code of DNA, and everyone in this room, believe it or not, is actually 99% the same in terms of our DNA. But look around at the 1% difference, eh? Have a look around at the 1% difference. All sorts of different people, short, tall, I'll stop there, okay? Some of us have muscles, some of us have extra winter insulation. See, we're all created in His image, but in the same breath, we all have this uniqueness, okay? And that uniqueness can be seen physically, but we each, despite our common faith and common unity in Christ, we have our own unique spiritual calling and giftings that we are created for. For those of you who got your bracelet last Sunday, I'm pretty sure there's a fingerprint on that logo in the middle, in the Aro and the O. We all have a unique fingerprint, with probably some of us having been so kind to give that to the police. <laughs> Hands up. No, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> uh, Every fingerprint is unique. You are unique. This is, this is amazing. There is, there is a unique purpose that God has for us. He has built you unique in terms of your passions, your life, your experience, your giftings, your skills, your relationships, your connections, and spiritual awareness. You know, having spiritual purpose, your own unique spiritual purpose, is a two-way street. We can change lives around us, and you know what? It actually changes us. Having a purpose saves us from ourselves. When we live in our own thoughts and in our own worlds with individual focus and pursuits, we can build up loop tracks of thinking within our brain. With the risk of sounding a bit simplistic, I'd suggest there's a huge correlation between our anxiety and mental health issues in this country and the fact that so many people haven't found a divine purpose. You know, the loop tracks and thought patterns in people can be broken massively through spiritual transformation. I know there's other things that go into it. I'm not saying that isn't the case. But we've got this issue where we don't recognize that we have a unique purpose, that there's reason for life. We've got a P issue in this town, and it's not what you think. It's a lack of purpose. The void in, in the lives in this town are people trying to fill what can only be made up for when we have purpose. They're needing purpose and they can't find it. You know, when people don't discover a divine purpose, we live for the counterfeit P, which is pleasure. When we don't find our purpose, all we have is pleasure. And around these parts, when you can't afford exciting pleasure, the void is found with a substance or a drink. The problem isn't the drink or the drugs or even the gangs per se. That is all the manifestation of people not finding their purpose, people not having a purpose in Christ. And only Christ can bring about a purpose 
to break through that stuff. Scripture tells us that the truth is written on our hearts, Roman 2, that the truth is written on our hearts. Uh, the thing is, is when we start stretching ourselves and we start stepping out and doing something on the edge of our comfort zone, praying into situations and then doing something about it, that is when you start to see what your purpose is. It's very hard to find your purpose when you're in status quo mode, okay? Your purpose starts to unravel as we step out and do things for God. You know, like that whole story of a, a ship can only be turned by a rudder when it's moving. Some of us are just waiting in the docks like, I don't know my purpose. But you've got to head out and do something, try something, and that's when he can turn and go, well, that's actually where you're tacking and this is where you're going. We need to stretch ourselves to find what our purpose is. We have to stretch beyond the normal, and that's when we'll have a spiritual sense of purpose, and you'll have a moment where you're like, man, this is what I'm created for. I ask young people, we do youth work, I ask young people, what makes you feel big? What makes you feel fulfilled? And I could ask you that this morning. What is it that makes you feel big? What is it that makes you feel fulfilled in, in the whole sense? Not just like a great meal, like in the whole spiritual, physical, mental sense. What is it that makes you feel big, feel fulfilled? There might be a time in your life when you were doing something. I want you to think about it now. Where you were doing something for others or you're doing something for God and there was the sense of this is what I'm made for. Can you think of something? A moment in your life where there was like an alignment of the right people doing something and there was just this awesome, like, fulfillment. You know, God put that there. That's not your emotions or your ego. That is life to the full because you were in your calling zone. God was calling you to something and you were in that mode. So there's a calling in Matthew 28 for all of us. It is to go into all the world and make disciples. Sometimes with the youth work we do, I wish it said, go into the world and run some cool games and share the truth. <laughs> because it often doesn't feel like we're actually making disciples. And that can be discouraging. But there's a calling for all of us. So the calling isn't just for the extroverts, okay? The calling isn't just for the long-time Christians, it isn't for those who have got their lives together or their money sorted. It's not for when you've got all your resources or you've got a car or when you can read. Or A calling is a calling. We're all called to it. I was chatting with someone a couple of weeks ago who asked, like with all you've got going on and four kids and all that we've just talked about, would it maybe be wise to think about like letting the youth work have a rest for a bit or something? But a calling is, is, is bigger than us and it transcends logic. And oh, totally, it's, it's hard when you've got a big day on and you're landing back and trying to be a good dad and then shooting out to do youth work and stuff like that. Totally. But a calling is a calling, eh? We need to recognise that God has created us for a purpose. He has called us for a purpose. Many years ago, I read this book from Donald Miller, uh, Donald Miller, and it was called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. And uh, the whole book was about how do, we, how do we create a better story in God? 
how do we write a better story with, with, with God being at the core in our lives? And uh, one story that just stood out and I felt to share it this morning was he shared a story of a friend who came to him and he'd done everything right, tried to sort his kids out to have everything they need, all of that stuff, and they had a 14-year-old who was just loose magoose, okay, like throwing chairs across the house, uh, jumping out the window to run off with her boyfriend, like out of school, like uncontrollable, despite having all this great upbringing. And they had a chat about it, and um, the, the writer of the book had the chat with his friend who was the father, and said, well, what kind of story are you actually living that's worth respecting or being a part of? All she sees is you paying a mortgage, watching sport, and having a job to pay the mortgage. What's your story that she's following? And so this guy's like, whoa, reality check. And he um, sits down, family meeting. Don't throw the chair. Sits down, family meeting. (laughs) And he says, right, we are going to go and serve an organization in Africa as a family. And the teenager's like, what? So they get their money together, they get the teenagers all on the air tickets and they fly and they be a part of this orphanage and school and they do all this cool stuff, helping in mission on the other side of the world. What do you think it does to the 14-year-old? Changes her life. So she comes back with all this awareness of what she's had in terms of her privilege and what she could do in terms of her time to serve others. It saves her from herself. And she starts fundraising in her school, and they go back three or four times by the time the book was written 10 years ago. They'd been back three times with the fundraising that she had done through her school in serving this community on the other side of the world. So purpose is massive. It's life-changing for our kids. And we need to display that we have lives of Purpose. We are created for something, we are called to something, and if we do it, it's inspirational for us, for the surroundings, and for our kids. Just a few more thoughts. We, um, for years, about 14 years, a team of us organised camps out at Narrows Park, Easter Camp, and uh, I used to stand back, not much, you wouldn't really stand around for much, but I'd, I'd, I'd notice at one point, in, in one of the times, I was looking out there, and there was, we were setting up for camp, and there's sound guys setting up tech gear, there's drum kits coming in, there's musicians coming in, there's people running coffee for the team, there's people setting up creative stuff and signs, and there's food being cooked and dishes being done, and people welcoming young people, training leaders, sorting resources. We had all these different giftings happening in a team of 50 people pulling off a camp for 300. And it was like this absolute thing of beauty because everyone had a unique thing that they could give and bring to this whole. And it was like this beautiful, beautiful whole. And one encouragement I want to have this morning is if you're trying to have a purpose on your own, it's a bit lame, okay? I mean, there is totally things that we can do, you know, the chat this morning or on Tuesday or whatever. But if you're struggling with this stuff and needing to find something to do, there's actually stuff going on here that you can be a part of a team. And when you're a part of a team, that brings out your giftings because other people pick up on stuff and you're working together. So here's an encouragement. There's stuff like Kai and Karakia mornings where we're doing prayer for healing for our community. We've got people coming in. 
you know, there's food, there's hospitality, there's prayer. You don't have to be a faithful prayer with all the answers. You can just turn up and cook some muffins or something, you know? So bringing our giftings together and bringing all that stuff together brings about purpose, and that's where life and joy can be found, and we're created for this. On, on Wednesday nights, we all come from our different weeks, and we have, we're all volunteers, and there's people who are better at sound and better at food and better at running games and speaking, and we all bring our different unique gifts that God has created us for as a whole. If you want to ask, there's people around here, if you, if you want to ask about what could I do to be a part of a team that brings and flourishes the purposes that God has for my life, go and see them because when you talk to someone about it, they'll invite you to be a part of something. And that's when the, when the change happens. You can find purpose and fulfillment in teams. I don't know what your weeks look like. I don't know uh, whether you feel like there's missional stuff overseas or whether there's missional stuff in your street or there's a career change coming up or there's something that's going on. I don't know what, but the cool thing is, is God knows. God knows your story. Despite 8 billion people in the world, he's got a purpose and a plan uniquely for you. And he's actually packaged your experience and your giftings and your skills and your connections already together to live out that purpose if you take it up. So just in closing, may you know in your bones that you are created and called for mission. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for these videos that just sort of snap us out of our New Zealand mindset at times. God, we thank you that you can do a work in us. And God, that it isn't just something where we come and warm some pews and give some money for some heroes to do it in Bangladesh. It's actually something that you've called us all to do in Matthew 28. And God, I thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made for a purpose, that you have a purpose for us, and that can only be found in you. The void that we are trying to fill can only be found in you and in your purpose. So God, I ask that this morning, if there's people needing prayer or people needing to step up or people needing to make a commitment to something or have a chat about being a part of a team, that God, you would enable courage to happen and people would step up into that mode. God, I pray that we would be stretched and then we would find our purpose. You'd steer us once we're moving. And so come and be with us this week. God, I pray this would make a difference tomorrow, as Jeremy says that it would be something that is not just some nice words and, oh, that was cool, a video, but that we'd actually do something about it. So, God, I ask you into our hearts, into our lives afresh, rejig our brains towards knowing your creation and your calling for missions. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.